Hello, like... everyone. Welcome to ADD Masterminds. I was going to say the Wax Museum, and I'm like, because I haven't, <laughs> like, we never do ADD Masterminds. But anyways, yeah. welcome. I am Bridge Levat, and we have the girl here. Hey. Hey. Missed ya. I missed you, too. This is so good that we're like, I know. And I was like, I think there was a point, too, where I was like, I, I kind of got this feeling that you were taking it personally that we haven't done ADD masterminds in a If while. there was like episode um, after episode that I was not in, maybe. But yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like those boys, they're mean. Yeah. <laughs> all good. I okay. So I first of all, I'd like to say I I love that we still don't talk politics on this show. Yes, we have to keep that up. I think we need like a safe space where people, oh, I said safe space. That's a political thing. Uh-oh. <laughs> because like caring about victims and people who could be re-traumatized, that's a political thing. Right. Oh, I just did that. I took a side, didn't I? <laughs> Dang it. Okay. So I also don't think we should talk about the queen that died. Um, okay. I, um, but I was thinking about this, like this, something that like uh, kind of bothered me about this whole thing is like how many people are just like, she was a good Christian woman and they're posting quotes about Christianity from her. Right. And I'm just like, I, whenever we find somebody who we can hitch our wagon to and yeah. say, this, this is a Christian celebrity. Yeah. I, I remember when uh, Passion of the Christ came out mm -hmm. and um, Mel Gibson, I was like, he, he's a Christian just like yeah. us. Yeah. And then next thing you know, like he's like getting stopped by a traffic cop who's a female saying some interesting things saying yep. some very interesting things and i'm like and i think it was after that that i decided you know what i'm not gonna hitch my faith to a celebrity yeah and so it's like oh justin bieber's a christian i'm like oh yeah, yeah. no we love to do that we did that to <laughs> kanye several times jesus yeah. walks came out and we were like yeah and then you know all of his new music came out we we love to do that yeah, it's just, this is a bad scene. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, no, and I mean, the other thing I don't want to talk about is uh, Black Ariel. Um, okay. But I do want to talk about representation in media. Okay. And it's kind of interesting because like this becomes such a political issue where people are like, oh, it's ridiculous. They're being woke because they're putting, you know, black people in this show or whatever but i'm like i think what's really interesting if you talk to like a little girl who's black yeah. mm -hmm. and they go to watch this film it's going to mean a lot to them that yeah. there's someone that looks like them yeah. that's in this film oh absolutely i remember that even with um with black panther that you know mm. fathers were taking pictures of their little boys like this boy yeah. is a king you know he's not yeah. being um, influenced by like a bad media representation. Right. This boy is a king of Wakanda right now. You know, it's it's huge. And I don't think I got that for a very long time because Disney princesses kind of looked like me and my kids and whatever. Yeah. And, and yeah. Um, especially like, I feel like when we went to Disney and seeing little girls meet like Tiana that were very mm. happy to like wear her dress and look like her, you know, um, seeing what when you're represented you don't see who isn't it's really a blind spot um so i'm i know we're not talking about it but i'm thrilled <laughs> about it i showed my daughter the trailer and her only comment was like when does it come out how long when can we go see it like she's thrilled yeah. she's so excited yeah. yeah and i mean like you, you know really interesting too because like you like we tend to think of these things you know in political terms 
And um, but it's like, what about that little girl, right? That little girl who finally feels like oh, someone that looks like me. And I, I um, when we talk about like, um, my dog just was just barking up. Okay, you hear him? My dog. He saw someone outside, and they're on a bike. And I need to say something about them being on a bike. No, my my dog is so distrustful of bicycles as well. Like he he's we got him good with strollers because I don't oh. want him barking at babies. But uh, it's bikes. okay. Hold on, I gotta sure. deal with the dog, and sure. I think I might have people here too. So okay, I'm no just problem. gonna stop recording for a bit, and I'll come All back right. and we'll them. There we go. All right, um, so like I had to go deal with dog, and uh, I came back. Yeah. And uh, I think we were talking about like. Um, yeah, my bikes. my dog hates. <laughs> Mine bikes. freaks out at bikes. On people on bikes, like bikes yeah. just on the street. Thankfully, yeah. again, like I was saying, he's good with strollers because I don't want him barking at babies. But he <laughs> hates bikes, and it's something you know we got to work on because he's technically yeah. he's an ESA um, because panic attacks and craziness and. Like the mm. second he came in the house, even like my resting heart rate was like, oh, okay. You know, so it's mm. like a legit thing. Um, and we're going to be training him to be a psychological, no, a psychiatric service dog. So he'll be able okay. to like anticipate panic attacks and learn oh, like wow. what to do to help me with that. Yeah. And it was really interesting when we were, cause we had to move because mm. when he was, we, and not trained yet, he woke my landlord up and made him mad and so he literally kicked us out which was technically fully illegal but um in looking for a new place there were just so many people who were like no you can't have pets and I was like mm. I have a prescription for him like he's mm. and he's going to be a full service dog like he's he's a medical necessity yeah you can't say no to him and there was like well the the landlord doesn't want dogs because of their floors and i'm like right. you also not want like wheelchairs because of his floors you can't do that like mm. and it just i mean for me it's this small not that panic attacks are a smaller thing but for somebody who's genuinely can't see can't hear like dogs that are that are their hands and feet and eyes and ears right this idea of like people can just and i had a a realtor call me up and say like well how do we get around that and i'm like the law I can't help you with that. Mm. You know, what if I had someone who was concerned and I was like, and you know, how do we, how do we get around that? I'm like, well, it's the ADA. It's a federal law that you, you can't, I, that's just ridiculous, but it's, it was a, it was an interesting trip. So we're trying to get them pretty calm around, around everything, including, you know, those shady, shady bicycles. Dang. Uh -huh. Yeah, no, my dog just doesn't calm down <laughs> unless he wants to, I don't know, yeah. but he's also my wife's dog. So it's okay. like, all right, well, I'll take him for a walk. He's probably going to freak out at the cars, but you got a nice, <laughs> like, um, I don't know what you call it. If you call it a boulevard, I think that's what you call it, but it's like, there's like a big gap between like the, um, between the sidewalk and the road. Oh, sure. So yeah. if you have that, I can like long leash him. Cause I've got one of those leashes that you can like retract. Oh right? yeah. Yeah. And then I'll just let him wander a bit more. And I think he's pretty chill about on the cars, but it's like, whenever I go to a location where it's closer to the cars, It'll be like the first 10 cars he'll freak out at, and then he'll be chill after that. Huh, okay. Um, You're a threat. The mind of a dog. Crazy. Who could know? It'd be crazy. <laughs> but um, yeah, when we were talking about like representation, mm -hmm. um, I, I, I was thinking about like how like, again, like it's just so political and it's like, oh, we don't need to be politically correct in how we, you know, represent Jesus or whatever. But it's like, actually, every culture has done this. 
every culture right. has their own version of Jesus. Right. And it's just the white one became so predominant because white culture dominated everything. Right. And um, it's funny in my in my group bear with community that I'm in, um, we have like a guy who's half Korean. And we were talking about white Jesus and he's like, oh, there's a, there's a Korean Jesus. And I'm like, Korean Jesus <laughs> is really cool looking. Like he looks cooler than white Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I want a cool Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, I don't know. It's just interesting. And I mean, like part of it too, is like, I didn't know it was such a big deal until I was talking to this, this girl who was like, she's in her twenties, Debbie from uh, t- Twitter. Okay. Oh yeah. Um, and she's um, she's of Indian descent, and um, she talked about how like it was really hard growing up with a white Jesus because people assumed because she's brown that she's not Christian. Uh, oh, ow! And, and it's just kind of interesting how like there's just a lot of racial dynamics that huh. it's like I don't understand because yeah. I never grew up with that, and so right. I'm not going to use the political p word where you don't experience the things that other people do because i know right. that certain people would be put off by that sure. but like it's like there's just a lot of things i don't experience and so mm-hmm. when i hear people talk about their experience i feel like i need to believe them and oh yeah i mean that kind of makes me think too about people's stories and how yeah. everybody has a different story and like you know like i have i know a guy who um, tells me stories and it's like, he's, he's been through hell. It's been a lot of bad things, but I'm like, I wouldn't go ask his family. Now I want to hear their story because their story is different. Okay. And then it's my job to decide what the truth is. It's like, I, right. I, can't, I can't do that. Like I, it's, I just need to be there for my friend. Mm. And yeah. it's like, does it mean that, um, I'm not going to tell everybody the story from their perspective and try to get people to believe the same story. And it's like, I, I don't think that's my job. I think my job is just to hear my friend and hear their story and understand like that. that's how yeah. they see it. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. But, um, all right. So you wanted to talk about parent child or parent adult child. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, we're, I'm dealing just a bit with my dad right now with kind mm-hmm. of, and if he finds this episode, I love you. Um, mm-hmm. But with what I thought our relationship looked just fine and I'm getting from him that it's not how he wanted it to look. It's very, on his end, it feels very distant. Mm-hmm. We're not. And on my end, I'm like, we were texting every day I was seeing you pretty often like so I don't know if I just I, what what do you think like a a healthy adult child to parent relationship looks like like I've been telling my kids since like these conversations happened yeah. like if you need to move away for yeah. your work your school your spouse or for fun that's fine as long as we're not fighting that's yeah. fine. I will, I will answer your phone calls and I will see you when you want to see me. As long as we're on good terms, then it's a good and healthy relationship. And I just think yeah. like my mom had such a close relationship with her father that maybe it's that expectation that we were going to like see each other every day and do everything every day. And to me, it's just, okay, well, I have, I have work and kids and now I live farther away. I live across, uh, not farther, but I live across a bridge now. It's a little bit, it's a little bit farther. So it's just kind of that 
what does it have to look like? Like healthy adult child to parent relationships can look like a lot of things. I feel like as long as we're talking, we're good. And your kids are older than mine. So I'm curious what that feels like that would look like for you guys. Well, it's interesting how that works out generationally too, right? Mm. Because it's like, I think like for me, like with my parents, I have decided I'm going to call them every week. And that's kind of what I do. And um, I don't like talking on the phone that much, but I'm like, I'm going to honor my parents by talking to them once a week. Okay. And we got like, we got a pretty good relationship. Like we just talk about current events and stuff okay. and it's like, okay. But, um, and I, I feel like it's kind of like an adult to adult relationship. Like, right. I don't feel like they're looking down on me or that I have to do things to please them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like it's it's interesting, you know, when you get into a situation where you feel like the parent needs something from the child and it's like, like my kid right, right. this morning, yeah. my 15 uh, year old, I was like, hey, want me to walk you to school? Like I have the day off. I can walk yeah. you to school. And I'm like, and I, I when I'm asking that, I want to make sure that they know that this isn't like me being needy. It's just, I just, if you want me right. to walk you to school, right. I will. I have this cool time I can spend with that. you. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so I always want to kind of keep that mentality with them. Like you were saying, it's like, if you need distance, like have distance, like it's, you know, I'm, I'm here for you, whatever you need. Um, so I mean, like for me, that's what I want my relationship with the kids to do be. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I don't know how to tell another parent though, you know, don't ever need your kids. Right. (laughs) Right, 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 right. And so, I mean, like, I think it all is so subjective and it's like, whatever you need. Like, I think I, I get the feeling that my parents need me to call them once a week. Okay. And so and I think it's keeping that relationship. Um, but right. I also want to- makes them feel connected. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think with my kids, like, I don't know, like I'm, I'm very fortunate because my kids like being around me. Okay. And so it's like, they'll spend- as much time with me as I want anyways. Like, it's like the, I'm like, Hey, I'm going to the grocery store. And sometimes all three of them will pile in the car with me just to go get groceries. Right. Cause they just want to hang out. And it's like, it's cool. And I mean, part of it too is cause I'm away now, like once every, every second week I'm going to be gone. Sure. And so there's like value in me being home and they want to reconnect. So, but, um, yeah, I don't know if I answered your question really. No, <laughs> I think so. It's it's all conversation. So yeah. Well, and I mean, like it's like honor your parents in whatever way you can. I think, like, yeah. I think that's still like a biblical principle I hold to is like I'm gonna honor my ch- parents, and you know, with my kids, like they're at different places with their faith, and so they're like maybe more along the lines of like respect should be earned. Okay. And yeah. so, so it's kind of interesting. Like, if you're if mm. you have like children that don't have like that whole you know i must obey the bible on everything yeah that's different like now they're gonna have different terms for things and so it's like so it's like all right well i mean like yeah i don't know it's (laughs) i don't have a straight answer for it i'll take it i'll take it yeah (laughs) it's complicated that's like i got a somebody messaged me and they're like so how do you feel about the monarchy and I'm like, it is complicated. Yeah, that's not a that's not an easy question for sure. No, but I, I think like people often have easy answers for these things. And yeah. um, those people have already posted on Facebook. Yes. 
All right, so you wanted to talk about newlywed marriage experts. I just thought you would find this one hilarious, and I'll, I'll mm. have to send you the video, but um, it was it was by, a, I think it was a TikTok. I'm not actually on it because I'm old, but uh, <laughs> it was a college age, you know, newlywed that was like, these are our boundaries for uh-huh. my husband and I in college. We don't ever sit next to somebody of the opposite sex. Oh, yeah. We don't. Um, we try not to have professors of the opposite sex. I have one male professor. But my <laughs> husband sits next to me during that class. Were they for real or were they being funny? I think it was legit. Like I, oh, I should amazing. look up her, her uh, account and see if it all kind of gels and if it's real. And um, in like discussion boards, when you have to yeah. do discussion boards in school, she was like, and we don't respond to people of the opposite sex in discussion boards. Like even on a message board. Oh yeah. yeah it was yeah. like, oh, this girl in class, Riley made a good point and I'm going to reply. And she was like, I am not comfortable with that. So don't do that. And those were her boundaries in her marriage. And I just... like they're they're making it work for now how long is that even feasible like even pretending that that was rational how long can you keep that up until you go into the real world you're in a job you have to work next to somebody you have to be you know on a bus you have to like or whatever it was just the most ridiculous thing I don't know it it really struck me insane and I'm like if you (laughs) need that strong of a boundary there's already a problem. Well, there, and I, I think, you know, like there was like a big, there's a big thing about the Billy Graham rule. I, Coming I around was again. Like, was it Matt Chandler? Matt Chandler. So. Yeah. Oh, yes. So that, yes. that whole thing, right? And I'm like, yeah. okay, like, here's the thing. Like, I'm like, again, without getting political, sure. there is a, you know, a thing about um, power dynamics yeah. and how you get yourself into situations with power dynamics. And I mean, like, I guess this is where, like, I'm like, I don't understand why we have so much power in the church to begin with. Like, it's silly Mm -hmm. because we just we're just begging for bad things to happen. It's like, why are we giving people all this power? Yeah. But like, it's like, okay, so he should have Billy Graham ruled all of that. And then that would have solved the problem. And I'm like, I. I think like we just need to stop being weird about this stuff and just don't make it weird. Yeah. And I, I know like initially, like, cause like my, I, I didn't really understand the whole Billy Graham rule thing mm-hmm. until I got into a relationship, you know, with a woman whose dad was a pastor. Okay. And then she's just like, Oh, you're having that, you're having that lady over to, uh, that, that girl over to study with you. You shouldn't be alone with a girl. And I'm like, well, why? Okay, <laughs> I had yeah. no idea. And then right. it started being explained to me. And then, you know, I got married and I'm like, felt kind of weird about having friends on Facebook that are female. Yeah. And I'm like, well, yeah. well, maybe I won't friend that person because that's a woman. And I just, and like, it kind of worked out that with podcasting, I would like never have a woman on my podcast. Right. And um, enter me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like kind of funny because I was thinking about this because you were talking about adding your other friend to this podcast. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, good. Then we're going to be following the Billy Graham rule. Almost, <laughs> we could just title that podcast episode, you know, Billy Bridge Graham. Follows the she Billy Graham. She will love that. That'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like in the end, it's just kind of like, what are the specific scenarios? Because right. I'm like, I don't think we need to throw out being smart about situations in which you might be tempted. Like this whole like, oh, people will talk because you're having, you know, 
food with a woman, it's like, that's right. stupid. Like, I don't care. I guess I'm not a pastor, so I don't have to worry about that stuff. Okay. But like, cause people won't talk. And if they do, I'm like, I, they can talk. That's hilarious. Um, <laughs> right. But it's like, you know, like, what are my, what are my boundaries? And I was thinking, well, here's, here's, here it is. Okay. If my house is empty, I'm not going to mm-hmm. have a woman over. Sure. I'm like, that's just stupid. Like, why would I do that? There's no reason for that. Um, if I'm at a hotel room, I will not invite a woman over. Sure. <laughs> and then I'm like, anything else? I'm like, I don't care. Oh, I'm driving in a car with a woman. It's like, yeah, that's fine. I don't think anything's going to happen in the car. Right. Um, and so, like, I, I think that, like, there's ways to do that without, like, because where the Billy Graham rule becomes a problem is when you start treating women different than men and you're a person in power. And so it's only mm-hmm. men that mm-hmm. get to have supper with the boss. Yeah. Or, you know, lunch with the boss. And it's like, so it's not, it's not a simple thing. Or it's just like, oh, you just follow the Billy Graham rule. Right. And, and depending like, on which way you paint it, it's either women are a threat and yeah. we're coming for you. We're, yeah. we're gonna, we're gonna get you. Yeah. Or women are a threat and we're gonna say that you did something. Or yeah. is it women are so weak, we're gonna be overtaken by like we, we can yeah. just be people also. Like that's fine. And I love yeah. to point out, like, all right, well, if you're concerned that somebody is going to say you and so and so were having an affair because they saw you in a yeah. restaurant, why don't you care about having re- dinner with another man? Like if it's yeah. not if you're not worried about you being tempted into you know physical sin, then you need to be if you're only concerned about accusations, you can't be alone with anybody because anybody can yeah. accuse you of anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we live in a society where people go both ways, Absolutely. right? Yeah. And so, but yeah, I don't know. The whole thing is so silly. And I think that if we didn't have such hangups about this stuff, we could just be friends with people of the opposite sex right. and be like the rest of the world where we aren't weird about that stuff. I have um, a good friend I text a lot. And I would mm. say most of the time, if it's going on longer or I, you know, I, no, I think I just, Andrew's friends with him also. So it'll yeah. just be like, oh, he said this, you know, he's already seen this movie. This is what he thinks yeah. or, oh, he hasn't, you know, but just we usually end up talking about movies, but yeah, I feel like it's none of it's a secret, but it's also yeah. not like here, read my texts, make sure yeah. everything's okay. Would yeah. you type them for me? Like it's, I, and I love when you use silly for something because it makes it less yeah. scary, but it yeah. totally dismisses it. Like it, yeah. it's, perfect i've started to use that yeah it's, just, it's a it's a less angry way of addressing right. things so yeah. stupid no it's just yeah. silly people just yeah be it's silly. silly people be silly so and i mean silly. like i and i i would say like as far as emotional affairs because i think that is a thing mm-hmm. too it's yeah. like i am not going to complain about my marriage to a woman right yeah i'm like that's not that's a boundary for me it's like yeah. i can't that's not that's temptation yeah and i mean like and that's my personal boundary because i know i can be friends with women mm-hmm. and nothing's gonna happen but yeah those are basically my three rules <laughs> no hotel rooms no house, no house and no talking about my marriage in a negative way i like that you know that that makes a lot of sense and then you know that that bond starts and i'm always like no it's it's whose text messages you're the most happy to see come in when yeah. you're like oh she t- maybe calm down a little bit, you know, yeah. like, but that, that's what I would be more worried about of like, this person's your new best friend. Like, no, yeah. that that's me. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's something to set with each other, but I mean, like, yeah. I, I mean the, the whole, like, Oh, you can't have a female pro- professor or whatever. It's like, avoid right. that. I'm like, 
Okay, now you're just kind of in the crazy town. You know, it's like you guys, these aren't your boundaries. These were the boundaries that were passed down to you in a very right. fundamentalist setting. Yes. Like it's not, this is not making sense. This is not logical. I would love to be in the class that she's coming in and she's like, can you guys move? I need to sit behind and between girls, like, you know, <laughs> and just scooching people around. So she's just like in this, she's, a, it's a coven, what she wants really. Like, I need my lady buffer. A lady buffer. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Ducks and geckos. What's I, this? this is just, I don't know when my brain is allowed to wander. <laughs> and I, I feel like I've mentioned this before, but this is the stuff that I turn to my husband and I'm like, how have we never thought? So again, I know it's stupid. Ducks, they uh -huh. can just swim and they know it. They walk into the yeah. water and they just float off. Yeah. But one day the ice, the, the water freezes over and uh -huh. they're like, here, I'm going to land and walk into my nice like little water and go swimming. And they don't go in the water. Like what? <laughs> this is so stupid. But what goes through a duck's head? I mean, honestly. Just huh. all of a sudden the water's not there. You know, they're, I feel like that. Do they get angry? Time, it's gotta be really weird. Do they yeah. get angry about it? Are they confused? And are they I think, sad or are they instinctually like, oh, okay, cool. This means I time. do whatever I do. Or in the winter. do they have no thoughts in their head and they're just like, well, I guess I'll go over there. And yeah. I think I threw in geckos because we have a, a sticky toed gecko and it huh. cracks me up that he just came out of his little egg and he can climb up a wall. He does not know that's that crazy. that's weird. He doesn't know that that's, you know, not normal. Yeah. Every now and then when the, the enclosure is wet, he can't. And I think that's when he gets like, why can't I walk on walls? But uh -huh. I don't know. Just, just the weird lives that animals have. This that runs through my head when my imagination is allowed to wander. Well, that's, I mean, I think that's true of people too. Like there's people that just naturally do things. Right. And it's like, you know, different predisposal predispositions there we go there we go we all have different predispositions yeah those things sometimes we're good at the things right away you know yeah yeah, yeah. i actually I, i've been reading i've been doing the audiobook i always like differentiate between whether i'm actually reading, reading or something listening. or listening okay. to the audiobook maybe that's a little ableist yeah don't say that on twitter I'll get you. Because <laughs> blind people don't read when they listen to audiobooks. Yeah, I got you. I know. You know, and it's funny that people like get angry over, angry over this stuff, like where they're just like, oh, I can't believe people are telling me now what I can say on Twitter. And it's like, have you ever thought of, I don't know, being empathetic towards someone who does just, have a disability? Yeah. And try to figure out like how you can approach it in such a way. Like we can minimize the damage that's done. I mean, so many things are just harm reduction. It's like, yeah, well, yes, yeah. I can use words that are more harm reductive. Yeah, just by being a touch nicer sometimes. Yeah. We can just, yeah. it costs you nothing. Just anyway, be a okay, so nicer. the book is Atomic yeah. Habits. And yes, I read that one. I, yeah. And so I think, I think what he was saying, like he talks about what your natural proclivity is. Oh, mm -hmm. I said it. You got it. There we go. Um, oh, no, it was predisposition. I was trying to say. Dispositions. Right? Well, yeah. this one's better. So many words. So many words. Okay. So anyways, yeah. Okay. So proclivity. Um, and he said like, you can seek to have a career in which the thing that comes easy to you, which is, I feel like that's not what I was taught. Like I was taught, go get it. Like, I was like, I'm going to go get a math degree because people hate math and that'll make me very employable. Okay. Yeah. When in reality, what I could have done 
is actually gone to college and had a philosophy major. Cause I remember like doing a little bit of like, I think I had one day where they were talking about philosophy. I'm like, Holy crap. This is stupid. Easy. How do people take an entire like major in this theology right. or philosophy is just like stupid, simple. <laughs> and I'm like, it's just like, it's just it's like, it's common sense. All of it's common sense. This, then this, then this, like it, right. it's all, it all follows. It's just, it just makes sense. It just clicks. Okay. And yeah. you know, I, couple months ago i was talking to my buddy dan king who did a really weird episode of add masterminds with me it was the first time i've ever had to mark it as explicit so oh really i'm sure that the original members of my of this podcast would be very upset to hear that episode but they <laughs> probably go find didn't. it i don't I'll go back in the archives yeah um anyways he said to me he's like i'm a comedian and he's like you're a philosopher and i'm like holy crap that is what i do Right. I could have yeah. been a philosophy major. I probably would have kicked butt at that. Yeah. And it's like, we tend to discourage people from doing what they do best. And, um, uh, yeah. It, like if it's not instantly, you know, yeah. like, oh, you're going to get such a good job from going into that yeah. field. Then it's just, well, even though you're good at it, you need to find something else. Go work with numbers, John. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, no complaints. Like I'm great at what I do. Yeah. And I love that I can podcast. And I think that's where I get all my philosophy out. That's right. Even though I didn't know it was philosophy, but I think I'm realizing <laughs> it is. I'm very philosophical. And um, I love it when friends bring out observations that you're like, oh, okay, I didn't know that about me. And mm. now I do. Um, but he, the other thing I thought was really interesting is that it's like, to be like, you may not be like, like the guy who created Dilbert, who's a whole political thing in himself which yeah. we won't get into, but uh, I love this. Like it's, it's just a lot of undertones where I'm like, I'm not saying this, um, but he was like, he, he said that he's like, I am a pretty good, pretty good uh, artist. Like I'm, a, I'm an okay drawer, but that mm -hmm. alone wouldn't have made me famous. Yeah. But he's like, I'm also a comedy writer and I'm pretty good at that. And he mashed those together and he made this. Ma oh, and also he knows a lot about Alphys culture. Sure. And when he mashed those three things together, there was magic. And yeah. it's like, that's interesting to me too. It's like when people are like, well, well, Bridge, you could never have a career in philosophy. It's like, okay, but what if I combine philosophy, industrial hygiene, my job, sure. and podcasting or whatever, right? Like there's a combination where you couldn't, you can be the best at what you do because you're the only person doing it. Yeah, that's right. I mean, not to say that we have to be the best either. Like that's the thing. It's like, I don't Right. Yeah. Anyways. Um, oh, okay. Here's a little philosophical thing for me. Yeah. It's like we can use labels as walls we live within or frameworks from which we build. Oh. And so like oh, when I we like take, that. okay, you take like your Enneagram test and you're like, yeah. oh, okay, well, this is who I am. It's a wall for me to live within. Hmm. And it's like, no, 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 no. This is what you build on. Right. Do you know what your like Enneagram that. number is? Oh, I'm a four, I believe wing five. It kind of oh, varies, okay. but but uh, the five I think is like the investigator and I yeah. I can go down a, a rabbit hole. So usually oh, I'm solidly awesome. four, but uh, I think yeah. wing five. I wanted to be a four wing five. You're a four three, right? I think I'm a right? four wing three. Yeah. Okay. 
right. I'm a bit of that. an exhibitionist. No. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like I, I try to understand everything from an emotional point of view. Mm-hmm. And then I have to share it with everyone. <laughs> that you're you're speaking my language. I absolutely absolutely yeah. get it. Oh, that's interesting. Cause yeah, I can I can see using um because like in the Myers Briggs, I'm on INFJ. So and you know, they're INFJ. usually Is that very the protagonist. Similar. I don't think so. It's they're very much like fours. Like I think there's a lot of overlap. Um very yeah. what is it? Intuition. There's something about feeling in there, judging. I, I can't remember what their sensitivity is in there somewhere. But I can see where it can turn into like, no, this is how I am and that's how I'm gonna be. Or you can use it and learn and you know figure out what what works for you and how you can challenge yourself. My yeah. my husband is an eight. And uh-huh. while he's not interested in learning pretty much anything about it at all, every now mm-hmm. and then he'll say something and he'll be like, is that the eight in me? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's the eight. Or it's, it's helped me a four and an eight is a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's helped me figure out, oh, he's not being mean and he's not mean, but he's mm-hmm. just, I'm telling the truth. So that's not mean to say the thing that's true, you know? And I'm like, but but tact, you know? Um, so just being able to just kind of go like, Oh, okay. Now, now I understand us better in that dynamic. It's been really helpful, but there's definitely people that are like, no, this is how I am. This is how I'm going to be. There's no way around it. I was, it's not your height. It's is something you can change, you know, and you can work on and improve. It's not permanent. And even if it is your height, it's like, get a ladder. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I like that. Okay. All right. I'm ENFJ, which is the protagonist. Okay. Extroverted, intuit- intuitive feeling and judging. Oh, interesting. Judging. Okay. So we're I'm trying we to get away from judging. You're, you as an extrovert makes sense. Yeah, I think the so. J, the J, uh, it's either J or P and it's judging or perceiving. And honestly, I can't tell the difference. No matter how oh, many times okay. I read them, yeah. I know I, I cannot process what the difference is between- it- the judge Perce- and the perceive. I don't know. Perceiving is a huge thing. And it's like, mm. and so, I mean, like I will gather all the information and kind of form a point of view on things, but I hold to it like quite lightly. And I'm okay. realizing this is, this is something I'm realizing that I think is really interesting. Cause I, I was just, um, I was at a job where they wanted me to do some monitoring that made no sense to me. I was like, this is dumb. I know mm-hmm. that the answer is going to be low. Like it's, okay. there's no such thing as zero in industrial hygiene. Like we okay. will test something and we'll be like, well, this is the minimum that it measures. And so it's some value okay. less than one or some value less than 0.1. We'll okay. never say zero. But so zero. it was some value less than one in this okay. case, right? I was like, it's going to be some value less than one, but because they complained about this and they want to know, yeah. I have to go test it anyways. Sure. Now, there have been situations where I'm like, there's no way this is going to be here. And then I test and I find it there. Okay. And so I was like, so there's also an off chance that I'm going to be wrong on this. Mm. And it made me realize that my occupation is formational to my personality because I'm realizing that's how I approach everything. I'm like, I really think it's this, Uh, but I'm not going to say it. Okay. Because it needs to be tested still. All right. I feel like, all right, that that's really, really relatable that I'm always like, you leave that door open of like, could be wrong. Maybe yeah. not. Weirder things have happened, but yeah. I can't imagine how this would happen. And I, 
my kids are such literalists. I use that yeah. a lot of like, I can't imagine that happening or being the case. And it gets me out of saying that it was absolutely not going to be the case, Yeah, you know, and out of the mom you said, but no, that, that makes a lot of sense. But I think if you're like a teacher or a preacher, you're more willing to talk in absolutes because you're trying yeah. to give yeah. knowledge to people. And I like for me, I'm like, well, the jury's still out on like everything. Like, all Absolutely things, everything. Always. As sure <laughs> as we are, we won't know till we're there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Which actually, it's funny because I, I was reading um, Lecrae made like a, a Twitter thread yeah. where he's talking about what's healthy dis- deconstruction and what's yeah. unhealthy deconstruction. I'm like, oh, this should be interesting. <laughs> And essentially what he said is like a healthy deconstruction is what we see historically in Christianity, where they would actually see if things align with scripture and that's healthy mm-hmm. deconstruction. And yeah. he's like, what I'm seeing among the millennials is an unhealthy re- deconstruction where they're seeing what does society think? Okay. And I'm like, this is that us versus them mentality. Mm. And this is where like, I might lose some of our listeners if we still have our fundamentalist listeners, because I'm just like, okay, here's the thing is like the us versus them is so damaging. I I saw like uh, one of the guys huh. from Babylon B saying, yeah, you know, it's funny how people who deconstruct, you know, people who lose their faith end up in therapy. And I it's kind of like, he's trying to insinuate that it is the mentally ill yes. that cease to believe yes. in God. Yeah. And I'm like, again, this is an us versus them thing. We're superior because we still believe in God. And I'm like, that is so disgusting to me. And I kind of look at that and I'm like, yeah, that's why, like, I don't know if I want to be a part of your club. See, I, I saw that scrolling and I was like, no, to me, that more says people leaving, you know, for me, deconstruction isn't, hasn't been god and jesus in general it's been evangelicalism so for me it was more i saw it briefly and thought it was more like see see how damaging it is that when you get out and you get a breath yeah you know that you're you have to have somebody kind of talk things out and walk things out with you and and i had to do that and lots of is this initial reaction normal and just no most people don't jump right to that or think that thing or process that way I didn't see it as like, oh, see, they end up in therapy because they're crazy. Like, I didn't, yeah. I didn't get it that way. But well, and I think really people concluded differently. Now. And yeah. I think like it's Joel Berry, right? Joel Berry, he then like replied to some of these people. He's like, yes, I did anticipate that you were gonna say there's trauma from the church and stuff like that. But then he kind of launched into making fun of the people who were saying that and just saying, oh, they think yeah. they're seeing so original, but they're saying the same thing. And I'm like can we just not have this drama? Like, I'm like, here's the thing. I'm like, I'm walking through this, you know, I'm walking through this right now. they're not all parroting each other, what if they really yeah. are all limping? You yeah. know, like it yeah. just because a hundred people give you the same answer, it doesn't mean that it's popular. It just means yeah. that they've gone through the same thing. It's worth it to see if it's, you know, trendy, but yeah. Uh, no, when, when it's dismissive like that, I hate that. Well, and it's just like, here's my thing is like, I think that Christian spaces are more toxic than non-Christian spaces. Yeah. So I would rather eat with sinners, kind of like, you know, that guy, mm-hmm. Korean Jesus. That, that dude, Korean <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I want to title this one Korean Jesus. Do it, do it. 
the, the, the Korean Jesus of Kim's convenience was like the best thing I ever saw. Ugh. Oh, it's so great. Korean Jesus and geckos. So I don't know. I would say like a healthy deconstruction is where you still stay on the side of love. Yes, it, it has to push you more towards love, less towards, I, I, for me, it was just a lot of, you know, I, I instantly think this thing about this topic or this person, why? And if it's because somebody in a suit, you know, up three little stairs told me that, then I'm going to let it go. If Jesus didn't say it, I'm done. Like, like then, it, then it's fine. So up I'm just trying to go, stairs. right? Like, like three awesome. little steps, you know, and, and three now little you're steps. In charge. Now we have to hear what this guy has right? to say. Much like a pharmacist up that little step, he's in charge. Oh, yeah. But yeah, it was, if it, if it came from him, if I got it from that, then, then I'm going to put that down. Yeah. But otherwise, just what did Jesus say? There's, there's, yeah. I know it's easy enough to just look for the red letters in the Bible, but there's Bibles that you can get, or just small books that are literally just what Jesus said. That's yeah. in, in the, the canon. And I've been like, I have to just grab one of those. Like, I would just like to read through that for a very long time. And then I'll mm. go back into like the rest of it. But I just, I just want to know what he said. If he came through my town and talked to me and called me daughter and called me sister, yeah. how would that have changed my life? Yeah. Instead of what did this guy three steps up, tell me about him. You know, I'd like to meet him for myself. Well, and I'm just, I'm just really convinced, you know, like you learn through parenting, you know, what kind of mm. heart God has for yeah. his children. And it's like, and I kind of look at my kids and I'm like, Hey, I get it. You're mad. Yeah. You're angry. You're having a hard time believing in God. And I'm like, I, I think he gets that. I don't think yeah. he's angry at you for that. Like, yeah. and I'm like, it's crazy to me that, you know, I, I, I guess what it comes down to too is like, I think that like the view that we have of God really influences the view we have of our roles. Like if my God is manipulative yeah. and will do everything he can to make you do what he wants you to do. Mm. What kind of parent you're going to be that kind of parent. Right. And that's so disgusting. Yeah. And in the end, it's just kind of like, okay, well just, just love and let your children make mistakes. You can tell them, Hey, like, I don't think you should do this. And they're like, right. well, I really want to do this. And then you're just really like, okay, yeah, okay, we'll see how this goes. You know, like the prodigal yeah. son. Yeah. You no. Know, and it's like, and I'm just going to, I'll be here for you if, if you want to come back. Right. You know, and it's not even like, I don't think it's even like, I'll be here for you when you come back. Right. right. Like, and I think that's kind of the attitude that we have. The church has toward those who are deconstructing. Yeah. It's like, we'll be here for you when you come back. And it's like, well, they might not come back. Are you going to love them even yeah. if they don't come back? Oh, oh, absolutely. You know, my kids are small. They're doing weird little mistakes in their lives, but I'm hoping to be able to be like, this is why as yeah. you know, someone who's been alive a lot longer than you, yeah. this is why I think that's a bad idea, Yeah. but you go do what you need to do. And sometimes it works out. And sometimes, you know, it's all right. See, that's yeah. why, that's why I said that, but well, then, anyway. yeah. And that's part of it too, is having the humility to just be like, okay, I said you that this was a mistake, but actually yeah. You were, you were okay. And I'm glad it worked out for you. I am yeah. not rooting for you to fail so right. I can be right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a healthier form of parenting, a healthier form of leadership. 
Oh, um, absolutely. It's funny. I, I think a lot about like, uh, there's a lot of people who have like very unhealthy views of themselves and they have like mm -hmm. self-hatred. Yeah. And it's hard. It's hard for me to like understand maybe because of just how I've walked through things because it's like, I guess there must've been a time maybe when I was a teenager where I had some self-hatred and I'm like, Oh, I'm such a loser. Um, yeah. And now I'm just kind of like, all right, like I love myself. I know I'm too much for people sometimes. And so I feel like I have to kind of scale back sometimes so that I'm more tolerable to people, but it's like, I love that about me anyways. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know how to walk someone from self-hatred to self-love. Like, I'm like, I, cause it's just, I don't know how I got to where I am. Okay. Yeah. I no, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. I wouldn't, I've definitely had self-hatred going on. I don't yeah. think that I do that anymore, but like just any, any confidence in, I bring something to the table or, mm. you know, like I mm. know that I, to say that I'm good at anything still doesn't feel right, yeah. but I've gotten okay. better at it. Um, yeah. but I remember I was listening to a podcast and the author was like, and, you know, I wrote this piece and, you know, because of this thing and that thing, and because I'm just like such a writer or, you know, I know mm. that I can write, I'm good at this. And I was yeah. like, you allowed to say that like as a <laughs> Christian woman, can you say that yeah. you are good at something? And it was just yeah. more like, Oh, okay. I mean, if you're, especially if it's something that you've worked hard at, you've earned that, but if it's something that is a natural talent for you, that's given to you for a reason, right? If you're created and you're, that's given to you for a purpose, don't, don't talk down to that yeah. is what I've been trying to, to tell myself. And I'm like, if I can relate to people, well, then I should be able to say that if that's a God-given quirk yeah. or talent of mine, you know, I can sing, should I, I should be able to say that and not feel yeah. like I'm being so prideful, but you know, <laughs> if God gave me that, then yeah. I need to have confidence in that because of him. Well, that okay. So like giftedness, right. Yeah. And it's like, if you're told you're gifted in any way, it's just kind of like, okay, well, thanks for acknowledging that. That's cool. But like, I did nothing to earn it because it's a gift. Mm. Yeah. And so, and it's like, but then you hone your gift, right? Right. Yeah. So then you can say, okay, well, I've honed my craft. So I can say that I earned a little bit of it. Okay. Yeah. But I started with like kind of that baseline, that framework. Again, it's a framework um, yeah. that I built on. And it's like, it's a God given framework. But it's like, and then circumstances also, you know, which are God given circumstances. Yeah. Also, maybe people given circumstances. I mean, like, it, it's crazy. Like, what makes us who we are is so complex. Yeah. And part of it is who we decide to be, too. So I think there is kind of a role of self in there where you can say, well, I'm fortunate, but I also worked really hard to get to where I am. Oh, yeah. it can. It's both end, as they say. It is. But I, like, I guess for me, it's like it, I will not feel superior to someone because I think the way I think, because I'm like, well, no, 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 this brain, this brain is great yeah. at some things yeah. and really bad at normal things. You preach into the choir. <laughs> yeah. I can, I will solve a riddle. I cannot yeah. get from my house to like up the street without a GPS. You know, there's some yeah. stuff that I'm like, I'm lost. And then others that I'm like, you got, we're in an escape room. I will have us out before you know it. Like there's. Oh, that's awesome. That's a great I skill. I love stuff like that. Yeah. That's why I was like, I'm smart in other ways. Yeah. 
No, I, there's book smart, there's street smart. I, I, I'll touch each of them just a little bit, but, uh, absolutely smart in other ways makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It was, um, interesting. Like, uh, I was like, I've got so many things on the ADD master list that are like super old. Yeah. I've been scrolling through. Like I had one that was like, it was actually a joke about the gay community. Oh, no. I was like, oh, I probably shouldn't. But I was I was telling my kid about it and she says it's OK. So oh, okay. this is what I was thinking. OK, so whenever I hear the term gay community, which I don't think people really use anymore. Now they just say like LGBTQ or yeah. whatever. Right. But when they say gay community, I just thought it was funny because I'm just like picturing all these like happy people say, like, hey, buddy, hey, buddy. It sounds like a great place to live. <laughs> Honestly, I would I would love to visit a gay community. I think I would have the best time. It's always sunny. It's always, always sunny, sunny in the gay community. Lots of I feel like saying lots of color is like reductive, but you yeah. know, it's gonna it's gonna be beautiful. You know that. It's gonna totally. be gorgeous. Totally. Um, all right, yeah. So one of the, another old thing was thermometer versus furnace. And I think the point of this is like you go into like a social situation. Are you going to be a thermometer or are you going to be a furnace? Oh, and, okay. But I was just right. thinking, like, I think, like, I don't think we have to be furnaces all the time. No. Like, to be an empath, you're the thermometer in the room. And then yeah. maybe you decide whether it needs a furnace or not. I like that. I use that a lot in in births and like doula work to kind of get the, I usually go in like, Hey, let's have a baby. This is going to be great. And read from there. Like I try to come in, like, let's make it a party and read from yeah. there. If mom's like, yeah, let's have some fun. Let's joke about it. We'll keep that going. But there's always a moment when it's like, Oh, we just got serious. Mom's in the weeds. Like let's take yeah. a deeper breath. You know? So I try to, to take that temperature and then keep it from getting too hot, keep it from getting too cold. Do we need to be lighter? Do we need more yeah. music? Do you, are you going into a spiritual zone right now? Or are we going to laugh this baby out? What are we going to do? And that, you know, that's come in really handy. So I think I can manage to, to do both. So that's something I'm good at and I'll say yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's very Enneagram four. Like yes. it's like the, and I mean, it's just that whole, I am emotion. It's who I am. In a glass case of emotion. <laughs> yeah, I feel all the things. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's like the hardest thing about being an empath is like, how do you deal with people that are mean? Because oh, okay. I almost like I struggle to tell them they're being mean because I know this is not going to go well. They're not going to believe me that they're being it's mean. Adults called each other out when we're mean. I can't even imagine like it's it gets written off as maybe you're just sarcastic or a little bit cynical or you know this is their no you, you might need just to, be being mean yeah you need to develop a thicker skin yes yeah or my favorite was always like he's not mean that's just his personality his personality is mean then like yeah. it's that's well, just how it has to be and what is so whack is I think that we've allowed that stuff to the point where Christian community yeah. is more mean than yeah. non-christian community yeah and it's and, like how does that happen like this is why people don't want to go to church yeah. yeah yeah because they're being mean in the name of uh in the name of the lord the way that they yeah. like to just go and attack people and and write people yeah. off yeah yeah it, it's sad and i'm like i i don't know like i'm like is there a way back is there a path back and i'm like i'm not entirely sure because it's like as long as the Christian church does not get off their high horse 
they're just gonna stay that way forever mm-hmm. and so it's like from a very tall horse yeah and it's got three steps <laughs> three steps up yep <laughs> um okay so i something i heard at some point in my life was young adults have no sense of their own mortality nor the mortality of others and that's why they make good soldiers um i feel like i've read that or heard that as well and it makes a lot of sense um because i i know while i had you know the the Christian guilt and the Christian worry of like, what will happen when I die? I still slept very well at night. And now it Mm. keeps me up my mortality. As I see my kids getting older, I'm not going to be there someday. Like, how's that going to be? Oh my gosh, I need to have another baby because that'll keep me alive forever. I'm not going to do it. But, (laughs) but the idea, and I think that's just another reason when like, especially with, you know, the wars and stuff, when they enlist so young and they go in so young and then that that sense of invincibility is suddenly shattered either with near death or losing a friend or god forbid, you know losing a body part or something like yeah. that that it's that's why it's so extra shattering and traumatic because they were in the height of i'm gonna live forever i can yeah. you know i'm gonna have this i'm gonna go do this cool thing live action video game and come back a hero and when that illusion is shattered that has to be tremendously traumatic yeah. um no, that, that makes a ton of sense why they're good soldiers. And I think you're so able to disassociate from somebody that you're not actually speaking to, or maybe even that you are, that it, that going off and shooting whoever else, you know, is out there that you're against is too easy. You know, is that cost of their life real to you if you're out there in, and I've only seen war movies, so I don't really know what I'm talking about. I could be completely wrong, but but yeah, young, they they go out as boys and face all of that. It's, it's always sad to me. Yeah. War is such a horrible thing. And it's kind of yeah. int- it, like, it's interesting to me how like, like, so there's kind of this like heroism, you know, and this assumption that person wears that uniform. So they're a hero from some people and that other people are like that person wears a uniform. So they're a murderer. And it's like that whole thing is so much complexity complexity because people are just like, well, freedom comes at a price. But I'm like, I think freedom comes at a price of our soldiers, Mm -hmm. their soldiers, our civilians, their civilians. Like there's just so much tragedy and it has such a ripple effect. It's kind of like, how are we getting into this situation to begin with? And I'm like, because I, there's a lot of wars that have been fought and people died and it wasn't necessary. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's ever necessary. Like, it's like, why do we get to this point where yeah. death is the answer? Right. No. And, and there's, I mean, I, I live a, a very blessed, lucky life, you know, but yeah. there, I've never come to a point of like, well, I need to physically fight somebody because I've yeah. been wronged. So yeah. I just, other than power mad leaders, like how does it get that way on a yeah. global scale? I, I don't understand the complexity, yeah. you know, the times that it has been, you know what, you're oppressing us and we need freedom. Totally. Yeah. Like that makes perfect sense. Um, I, 
it also drives me a little bit crazy. And this is the tangent of when, and I don't know if this is a Canadian thing as well, but it tends to happen a lot here. I feel that when patriotism, and I don't mean necessarily Christian nationalism, I won't get yeah. political, I promise. <laughs> but, but when the, when patriotism and being in the military seems to go hand in hand with Christianity yeah. or, or being a good heavenly citizen, like we did yeah. uh, growing up, we did a, a, a show that celebrated the birth of the nation and freedom. And it was this huge patriot, huge patriotic, whatever. But there was very little gospel, but very much like we're thanking you for all your service. Like everybody stands and we're going to clap for you. And I remember my mom's big concern was like, but do we tell them about Jesus or do we just tell them like, thank you for all of this? Because just because you went and you fought and you're now a veteran, it doesn't pay that debt necessarily. And while we're grateful for that, like it doesn't, there just tends to be this like good Christian military family. Yeah just assumption a lot I feel I don't know if that's a universal thing or if that's like so very American you know I I don't like I think that there is an element of that in Canada um I don't think it's as widespread okay um I mean we have Remembrance Day once a year and that's Mm -hmm. always kind of like freedoms bought at a price and it always kind of assumes that it's our soldiers that paid the price and I'm like, I think every everybody in society yeah. is touched by this. And it's like, and I just, I don't understand. I There's actually, you can get like, so there's red poppies that we wear yes. for Remembrance Day. And you can get a white poppy. Hmm. And a white poppy represents no more war. Mm, so it's okay. like mourning the victims of war, yeah. but also saying no more war. And I'm like, right. I like that. Yeah, because I just like, like, war is not love. <laughs> and, you know, Jesus said, you know, like, you know, greater love has no man but lay down his life. You know, that was a really butchered King James. But um, I'm missing a few words. But why use many words when few? When few good? do trick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's like lay down your life for someone else and people have like looked at that and said yeah that's like being a soldier and it's like laying down your life i think is saying you know what i am going to give up my rights here maybe i'll give up my right to a gun maybe i'll give up my right to an opinion in this situation and if we had more of that i think we would have people that are like saying wow i think the world's becoming a better place and it's like, and if we could be instrumental in making the world a better place, we've got something. We've got something that the world needs. And right. whether you want to bring, you know, the name Jesus into it, because I, it, it's kind of interesting because I, I made a post on Twitter. I don't know if you saw this, but I was like, what if Jesus' name was Eric? <laughs> and this one guy okay. like replied to me, he's like, but the name Jesus means he saves. And I'm like, yeah, but what if Eric died for your sins? <laughs> Love it. And I'm uh, like, it's just kind of like, it's yeah. brandy. Like, it feels like branding at some level. And I, I think even, you know, like, and I maybe I'm really getting heretical here, but I'm just kind of like. I'm here for it. Bring it. For me, it's like, if somebody gets my name wrong, 
And I mean, I have a couple names anyways. You can call me John. You can call me Bridge. You can call me whatever, right? But I'm like, if someone gets my name wrong, that doesn't bother me. Yeah. So why do we serve a God that's so insecure that he's like, my name is not Eric. You're going to hell now, right? Yes, yes. And I'm like, that doesn't bother me. If someone gets my name wrong, that doesn't bother me. But what does bother me is if someone gets my heart wrong. Mm. So I think it's possible that it's the same with God. And I think that we have a ton of people, like an inordinate amount of people who have the name right. Yeah. And they have the heart completely wrong. Dude, that is so good, John. Hmm. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, I, I was listening to something and now I, I want to say that it was one of Rob Bell's books. Um, if it wasn't, it was a podcast where they were talking about missionary work and, and the idea of like, no one had ever heard this before. And they went in and they were like, no, it, it was, this was the yeah. son of God and blah, blah, yeah. And they were like, oh, Jesus is his name. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like they had that story yeah, and believed that. And it was revealed to them without scripture, without whatever, yeah. but it was, it, I don't want to be like, it checked all the boxes, but they were like, oh, that's who that is. Okay. We know him already. Mm, and it was just yeah, this, yeah. why, why do we expect that, that God said he'll reveal himself to everybody. Yeah. He, he'll do it how he wants to, whether it yeah. is through, he revealed himself through plenty of dreams and at least one talking animal. Why not? You know, why <laughs> do we think that he has not the idea that he, I know we've been told to go out and make disciples, but the idea that he's not able to reach these certain people, unless we go there and do it for him seems like such pride, you know, like well, he'll, he'll get there when he wants to. What is the meaning of go and make disciples? Get people right. to say those words. Right. Say the, get people to say the right magic words. Right. And discipleship isn't, isn't conversion and isn't getting saved. Right. You know, it's, it's more of a teaching, um, the ways type thing, you know? Well, that that's it. Right. Like, okay. So like God is love. Jesus is the way, truth, and life of love. Yeah. Right? And it's like, no one gets to the Father. But I'm like, well, no one gets to the Father. Who is love? Nobody gets to the Father except by this way, this truth, this life. Yeah. And so I kind of look at it, and I'm like, okay, so basically, God is love. He's calling me to get into the flow of what love's already doing. And when I get out of that flow, I need to ask for forgiveness. And then I get back into that flow. And that's, that's my Christianity. I can't get away from Christianity because I really believe in that. But I'm not worried about the words so much as the heart of it. Yeah. Because I feel like in a lot of ways, the church has lost her heart. Yeah. And so, so like when I see people who are like, I just don't believe in God anymore. And it's like, okay, but do you believe in love? Yeah. Can we find that? Yeah. Because it's like when you deconstruct and you lose your love, that's bad deconstruction. When you yeah. deconstruct and you find love, that is good deconstruction. Yeah. I'm Sorry, Lecrae, you're wrong. Because <laughs> I honestly, I love you. <laughs> this is like this is the thing. Like on Facebook, I made this post and it made people angry and it was kind of fun. But I, I said, if you feel like you have to use the Bible to oppress people, maybe stop reading the Bible. And then, you know, some of my friends were like, well, no, no, it means you need to read the Bible more. more and I'm like, yeah. no, if it's making you a worse person, reading it more is not going to fix it. <laughs> huh. 
And I'm like, and I, I still read the Bible daily, but I kind of look at it. I'm like, I'm reading the old Testament. God's really angry. I don't really get it. I'm not going to cause it to reform the way I act. Like, I'm like, I, I don't understand this. Because I feel like a lot of times we use the angry God as a reason to be terrible to other people. Right. And I'm like, that's not the way and of love. It's speaking the truth in love, you know, of yeah. the, you know, God's mad at you. So I'm going to be mad at you until you get <laughs> your, your ass right. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, I hate it. I hate, I hate it. it. And so I'm like, maybe just put it on the shelf for a bit. Maybe put it on the shelf forever. Like, I don't think that you have to. I think that we need to find a way to practice the way of love and seek forgiveness when we fall short of it and get back on the way of love. And um, I don't think a lot of this, you know, fundamentalism and a lot of this like political pushing and getting angry at Disney. I don't think that's the way of love. Like, I'm like, that's you, you guys are getting way off the path. It's like, it's pretty simple to just like love people. Right. And I think, You you know, like I, I was having a conversation with someone, family member who probably won't hear this. So, but uh, yeah, <laughs> but um, I was talking to them about love and I'm like, we just need to love people. And they were like, okay, but, but if you have a two-year-old and that two-year-old is going to do something that's going to hurt them, it's not going to feel like love to them when I'm loving them and I don't let them do that thing. And I was like, I think we overestimate who the two-year-olds are. Oh, Yeah. And it's just this is very condescending faith, which I'm like, that's not the way of love. Yeah, there's no way of doing that. Assuming you know what's best for everybody. Absolutely. I follow a lot of um of LBGT Christians Mm. on purpose. Mm -hmm. And the stuff that they get that is public is horrible enough. The stuff they get in their DMs is unbelievable. And it's just, why, why do you think that's going to get people to behave, you know, in, in the way that you want them to, but yeah. what they, what they want to do, whether you think it's right or wrong is none of your business. Yeah. It's between them and God and just constantly barraging them with, you know, that they're, they're not the, the, the pronoun that they want. They're not yeah. this, they're not that. Please don't do that. Like that's yeah. not helping anybody. Nobody's going to go, all right, you were mean enough to me. You hit me hard enough. You're right. That's never yeah. going to happen. Nope. Well, and it's like, I, I believe in a God that meets people where they're at. Yeah. And I'm like, so it's like, okay, so you're confused about your gender or you're very sure yeah. about your gender, Sure. but like biologically, it doesn't line up. It's like, well, that's something you need to walk through and figure out like it's, I don't understand that at all. Like, I don't know what that's like at all. And so I'm just going to, you have your story. You tell me your story. I'm going to hear your story. Yeah. And I'm going to love you where you're at too. And I don't think that God is mad at you for feeling like a girl. (laughs) No. And, and even if he was disapproving from what I'm seeing in the parables, Jesus told he's just, just hanging around, you know, like we were talking, you know, not necessarily when you come back, but he's there and he loves you still. He is not, you know, stomping off because you're misbehaving, you know, it's, if that's how he feels about these things, but I, I, and I sense that he's embracing people. 
Yeah, and I sense that he's far more angry at the people who are pushing against these people and just trying to say the most hateful things to show that they're not part of those people who want to show how accepting they are, right? Like, it's like, there are people that want to show how accepting they are. And I understand that people are like, that's performative. That's being, Mm -hmm. that's being, uh, that's virtue signaling, right? right? Like they look at that and they say, that's so fake. They're just trying to tell everyone they're accepting. And it's like, okay, so what are you going to do now? You're going to be as non-accepting as possible Mm -hmm. to stick it to those people who are pretending to be accepting. And in the end, you're forgetting, and this is just like the war, when we were talking about war and how it's like the soldiers, they fight and they're the heroes and they're the ones that they're the price that's paid. And it's like, no, no, no. There's the civilians that get caught in the crossfire and our LGBTQ people are the ones getting caught in the crossfire right now. Absolutely. And there's no reason for it. Like there's no reason. They're human beings. They're not a political cause. They are human beings. So how do we love them? Oh my God, was I supposed to answer? No. <laughs> Never gonna, no, I know. <laughs> it's that awkward pause of like, okay, uh, you know, but. I love, as- you know, it's it's funny too. Like somebody was talking, I was talking to someone about podcasting and it's just kind of like, yeah, no, you gotta, you gotta keep it going the whole time. And it's like, no, you don't. No, there's, there's pauses, there's, in pauses conversation. there's thoughts. It's fine. I hope you leave in that big pause when you went to let people in the front door. Like that, oh, yeah. that eight minutes that better be there. <laughs> <laughs> that might be painful. I don't know. I, I always just have to listen and figure out well, what works here. Right. So, uh, but wow, I love this, this was list. a fun conversation. This was and good. I love how like, it's like, you know, we can say dumb stuff and have fun and be silly. And then to find that depth in the conversation too. And it's funny too, because like where I'm at with my faith and knowing that this is more of a let's be Christians mm-hmm. <laughs> podcast. Um, it was kind of fun to like, I guess I feel like I'm speaking to evangelicals in this podcast. Ah, okay. Yeah. That said, that said, Wax Museum, I keep having theologians on, so I can't really get away from it. <laughs> um I love there's it. Uh, I'm gonna be talking about the God of consent. Um, Ooh, yes. Yeah, which I think will be very interesting. Um, I read the book. I'm sorry, I don't have the guy's name. It's okay. Right now. I'll find but, the book. Um, it's actually it's a dissertation. Oh. Uh, so that that's one I'm working on, and then uh, I've got. Yeah, I've got a couple things going on. <laughs> brain not working i worked for so many days straight and i'm like now i'm finally off and so i'm gonna sit and like just work on i've got one about into the wilderness and it's about maintaining your faith even though um you've you've left the church okay and so so we're touching on a lot of like very like kind of deconstruction kind of themes yeah um but i i think i am definitely going to keep in you know in this vein of like Good construction, good deconstruction leads you to love. Bad deconstruction leads you away from love. No, good that's, religion. that's an excellent filter. Good religion leads you to good love. Religion. Yep. Bad religion leads you away from love. I mean, it's that simple. Mm. And so it's like, yeah. I think there are people who are still in the church and they're still pursuing love. And that's awesome. I'm not there right now. 
actually i am going to a church but it's a very yeah. different church it's very Ooh. different than what you would okay. think a church would look like um well, that sounds that sounds interesting yeah <laughs> it is it is what a, what a teaser of like yeah. doesn't look like a church yeah. is it a cruise ship I'll, like i'll give you an example it's, okay. it's very small it's a, it is a church it's just small it's very small but the teaching I'll, I'll give you an example of teaching that i was like i don't think you would ever see this at a church mm -hmm. um the uh the pastor there one of the pastors rich he was talking about uh, reclaiming christian practices and he was talking about reclaiming the christian practice of hospitality mm, and he said okay. i believe there are three levels of hospitality the first one is um you just like have a friend over for coffee it's like that's easy right yeah. anybody can do that and he's like, okay, the second level is like what Jesus talked about, where it's like you invite the person nobody else would want to have over and you help them with their needs. And he's like, but I argue there's a third level of hospitality. And that third level of hospitality is where you allow the other person to change you. And I was like... Oh you don't teach this at church because we're supposed to change the world. We're not supposed yeah. to let the world change us. But I'm like, that's the problem is like, you're being condescending. You're not hearing people huh. who are saying I'm hurting because you're like, Oh no, 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 no. We don't talk about that. <laughs> you know, no, th those levels. I mean, that's, I'm going to think about that for like yeah. the rest of the day of like, yeah. you know, the level of bringing in someone you're comfortable with into your yeah. home, bringing somebody do not bark, Bert. Sorry. <laughs> um, bringing somebody you're not comfortable with into your home, but then bringing somebody into not not gonna say into your heart, but letting somebody inside yeah. of your spirit, your brain, your whatever you know, your your soul that allows them to change things within yeah. you. That's got to be incredibly uncomfortable and something I've not thought of before. I mean, that is a third. You know, giving them a place to be that's not physical. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's just a lot of depth to it. And it's like, yeah. this is crazy. Like this is, this is teaching that I've never heard in the church before. And I'm like, this is powerful. And, but it's like, it's figuring out how to love people and actually listen to society and figure out like, because there's just so many movements that happen through society that the church is like, Oh, well that, no, 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 that can't be right. It sounds like yeah. love, but it's not guys. It can't be love. And it's like, it's like when the apostle Paul says, who cares who's saying it as long as the gospel is preached. Yes. Yeah. And so it's like, we need to actually have an ear to listen to what culture's saying because every human yeah. being is made in the image of God. Therefore they can teach you something about God. Mm. That's true. God's put our, put his hands on all of us. You know, yeah. there's nobody that's not worth listening to. Yeah. 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 Ooh. And so anyways, good stuff. We'll do this again in a couple of weeks. Yes, please. And uh, thank you so much. It was so good to do this again. Thank you. It felt good. I'm glad to dig out the, uh, the headphones. <laughs> all right. And we'll have to add your friend next time so we can yes. follow the Billy Graham. We'll get her in there. Yes, this was this was scandalous. My husband will listen to the whole thing to make sure that this was appropriate. I hope he does. This was good. I hope he does. This was fun. <laughs> Talk to you later. All right. See ya.
thank you for listening to ADD Masterminds. We would love to keep you updated on what we're up to, as well as share some hilarious memes. We'd also like to hear from you. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks much.